have That's to... from your school? Mm-hmm. What else do you sing in school? Uh, I love songs. I am thankful. For our food. For our food. Very, very thankful. For our food. For our food. Welcome to a very special episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I am your host, Jamie Otis. And this is an ad. (laughs) (laughs) This is not an ad. This is not an ad. (laughs) I'm Doug Hayner, and we are joined by our beautiful six-year-old daughter, Henley. Henley, do you want to say hi? I feel like a lot of people who are listening right now have probably been praying for you and cheering for you since you were just a little baby in mommy's belly. And for those of you that have been with us since our early episodes, you've definitely heard Henley breastfeeding on the podcast. Yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) That's 100% true. Doug, her face right now, she's like, what, dad? What? But that's uh, how you used to get fed. Yeah. Okay. So Henley's home from school this week, mm-hmm. as you probably know. Doug, is that is that Don't like that. A- affecting the audio? No, just talking just, to just it. Just about regular Test, case. test, test, test. Yeah, so you're fine. <laughs> Can you hear us okay, Henley? This okay. is going well. So Henley's home from school this week because of Thanksgiving week. And she wanted to, I was like, we got the podcast. So she could sit and watch TV. She could play a game. And she decided she was going to come be our special guest on the podcast this week. We have never had a better guest. That's right. And we have a very special request for Henley. Because right now I hear that one of our listeners is actually Santa. (gasps) Oh! Santa listens to our he podcast. He does? So. Oh my gosh. Can this you is that? your opportunity to tell Santa what you want for Christmas and Ooh. maybe what you think your brother wants for Christmas. Because right now, Rexy, he has a strep throat and mm-hmm. he's taking a nap, right? But he feels so much better today, right? Oh my gosh. Can you believe Santa's listening? I know. Emily? Seriously. I can't believe that. Hi, Santa. What I want for Christmas is a snow cone maker, a Furby, and a Barbie camper. What's what's a Furby? A Furby is something like you say something and then he just talks while you do it. So, so, so it's, it's like, like a parrot? Don't, Don't parrots repeat what you say? say? <laughs> well, it's kind of like. Henley, if you could say anything to Santa, because you know he's listening right now, what would you want to say to him? Uh, can I check out all the toys that you're doing? Yeah. And get some candy canes. <laughs> and get some candy canes. Do you want to tell him thank you for all the work that he does? Thank you for all the work that you do. And for the presents that maybe you got in the past? Thank you. What about, would you want him to share with his elves anything? Yes, yes, I, I want to go to the elves workshop and see. That would be awesome. What if Chippy's listening? Chippy, Chippy. Chippy is her elf who is at the North Pole right now. Yes. But he should be coming pretty soon, right, Henley? In 30 days. Well, 30 days, less than that. 30 days is Christmas. We have a countdown in our house, right? And Henley's in charge of changing the, the amount of days. So right now it's 30 days until Christmas, but Chippy comes December 1st. So that's like six days. That's like a couple days away. That's six days? Six days. Yeah. So, so where is a good hiding spot for Chippy to come back on his first day? Maybe in the basket. Oh, there's a basket in here. She yeah, but how would you find them? Yeah. Well, you normally don't come in here. Well, maybe um, I'll go like this. If we check everywhere in the room, maybe I'll go, this is the last room. She has to be in here. So then I would look at the basket first, and he's in there. So that's what I would say. Okay. Like. So, Henley, today... This week was all about Thanksgiving because we had Thanksgiving, right? Yes. Can you tell me a couple things that you're thankful for? I am thankful for... Let me go get it. What are you going to go get? This book. Oh. <laughs> She's getting a book. Yeah. You're thankful for... 
So, so let's explain what the book is. So Henley and Hendrix were... They were at a fairy enchanted... Enchanted fairy studio where they got to be dressed up and put into a magical book for to become a fairy princess with wings. And Hendrix was a... That's uh, my brother. Yeah. And uh, he was someone that had a sword and fights off dragons. What would mm-hmm. you call him? A knight, maybe? A knight without the um, armor. I'm Why are you thankful for that, Henley? This is me. I'm just thankful about that because I love my little brother. Oh, that's nice. Can I tell you a few things that I'm thankful for? Oh, I want to hear. I'm thankful for... Um, I'm thankful for the life that we have. I'm thankful for you being in our lives, Henley and Hendrix, because you guys are so special and mean so much to me. I'm thankful for mommy, Aww. who was my first love Aww. in this family of ours. And I'm thankful for the life that we have. And I'm thankful for the life that we are going to live. Me too. Can I say, tell you what I'm thankful for, Gracie? Um, <laughs> She's like, well, I think you're going to anyway, so right. you may as well start. <laughs> right, Henley? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm really, really thankful for you and your brother and daddy. And also I'm thankful for the people that are in our lives and our families. Yeah, so me too. everybody that helps out mm-hmm. with our house. And I'm thankful for Doug, your, I feel- your teacher. Henley, what is your favorite part about school? Um, I never actually said this before, but actually it's math. Math? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Why is math your favorite? Because I just like get to do like hard stuff on it and like easy stuff on it. And sometimes there's actually games on math. Like counting and adding? Yeah. That was my least favorite subject, so I'm glad that that's your favorite. My favorite subject was like um, English. I love learning about English and history. I love history too. History was fun. I like science and and gym. I didn't even have or gym. PE. That's what you call it. Is PE? Yeah, yeah we called it PE or er, right. gym back in the yeah. day, but now you guys call it PE, physical education. And now Henley, a lot of uh, a lot of questions that came in where they want to know what your favorite part about our RV adventure Sorry, was. Sorry, honey. So, Henley, what was your favorite part about the RV adventure that we went on? My favorite part of it is... Do you remember our RV adventure? Do you remember? so bored in the car. <laughs> How is that your favorite part? <laughs> How is that your favorite part? <laughs> that's, you what like she re- that's what our daughter yeah. remembers after we spent four months traveling across America, seeing some of the yeah. greatest sights. You didn't? It was four months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For real? Mm-hmm. For real. Oh, God. You didn't like the mountains? You didn't like the trails? You didn't like any her of the Her favorite states, all she remembers is being bored, bored in the, the car. car. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh, okay. So I have this book and it is a this or that. And I think this will be really fun to do with you, Henley Grace, because I'm curious about this. And also, I'm just so excited to have this moment documented for all, for all the life. So wait, Henley. Henley, that's mommy's microphone. Is there anything else that you wanted to tell Santa before we, before we wrap up our conversation with Santa? Because he's listening to this podcast right now. So you can tell him anything you want to tell him. Um, And we don't always get a direct line to Santa. That's true. Santa, if I go into the North Pole, can you bring me to the North Pole? Because um, I really want to meet your elves. You really want to meet the elves? What else do you want to do with the North Pole? I want to um, ride your sleigh. That would be a lot of fun. We got yeah. to watch. So Rexy got and sick. Meet, meet Mrs. Claus. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. So Rexy got sick, right? He got um, a fever and he had strep throat. So so we cuddled on the couch and we watched The Santa Claus. Right, Gracie? With Tim Allen. It's an older movie. And so I think that now she's hoping that, do you think that she said this morning we walked out and she goes, Mom, do we have a chimney? And I said, (laughs) well, we do have a chimney because we have a fireplace. But I said, even Santa can go into homes without chimneys. Right, Henley? Because we saw that. But we have a chimney without chimneys. A chimney. 
No, we no, have a chimney. There's a chimney there. You just don't see it because it's kind of on the other side of the yeah. house. But we have a fireplace. Every fireplace yeah. has to have a chimney. And we have a chimney. But would it, wouldn't it be so fun if daddy, if, if Santa fell off our roof and daddy became Santa Claus? No. <laughs> yes, it would. No, it would not. <laughs> he would grow a beard no, and a big belly. <laughs> that'd, be one, that'd be one way for me to finally gain weight. <laughs> Um, so we have, I have a fun little game of this or that with Henley Grace Hainer and my husband, Henley Grace, real fast before you go out to go watch your show, would you prefer, oh my gosh, they have (laughs) Meghan Markle or Kate Middleton. I absolutely hate it when people peg women against each other or even, you know, men are never pegged against each other. It's literally always just women. I like... Uh, Shenley goes, don't say hey. Okay. I say I, Kate Middleton. I really dislike this. I like Meghan Markle just because <laughs> I want to even the playing field. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which one. I think they both... I just do not like it when they choose people over people. Um, okay. So, Henley Grace. These are the questions. So, this is a book that I'm reading. It's called 3000. Pick one questions. And uh, do you prefer people or green... People. Purple or green grapes, Henley Grace? Green. True. <laughs> She's, She's just, just like me. Curly hair or straight hair? Straight. Straight? You okay. have curly hair, though, and it's beautiful. I like curly. Oh, I like curly. Okay. Jelly beans or gummy bears? Jelly beans. Ooh, really? You like champagne or wine? <laughs> She's like, what is that? Uh, how about uh, drums or guitar? Guitar. Swimming pool or the ocean? Ocean. Let her decide, Doug. Lake. Lake? What? Well, my six-year-old is so smart. Good for you. Henry Hayner. Do you like rainy days or sunny days? Sunny. Do you like to go for a bicycle ride or a ride on your scooter? Scooter. Braids or ponytail? Braids. Minnie Mouse or Daisy Duck? That's tough. I was going to say, that's a tough one for you, right? Uh, Do you like how, let's see, what else do we have here? Last one. Park, do you like to go to the park or do you prefer to go to the beach? It's a tough one too, huh? Do you like to go to the park or the beach? She's trying to think of a different answer to say. (laughs) The lake. Just like her father. The lake. Just like her father. What do you think, Henley? Stay home. What? <laughs> I don't even believe that. You're being I thought she was going to say Disney. <laughs> All right, well, say goodbye to everybody. Thank you, Henley. Thank you so much. Thank mu- you so much. I love you guys. <laughs> we'll see you later. See you later. Say happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a good one. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. All right, Henley. Okay, Gracie girl. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> You're so sweet. All right. Well, that went well. <laughs> that was so cute. I love yeah. hearing what she had to say to Santa. The one thing I, I am trying to get to work on more with both of our children is gratitude because I feel like I just really think that you get to choose whether or not you want to live a happy life. And I think that it doesn't come from what you have or what you get. It literally comes from being thankful for what you already have. Like, even if it seems like not enough. And yeah. so one thing I've noticed with our daughter is that- We've been trying to do that at dinner time. Yeah, we have been, like one thing that we've started to do for our tradition in our family is every night at dinner, we talk about our pows or our wows. And so the pows are something that's really hard or sad or difficult. And that then, happened for that particular day. Yeah, every single day we talk about this. And then our wows are something that made us really happy or excited or, you know, we're just like glad for. And so, um, and this is such a great conversational thing too, because I feel like when the pow comes out, sometimes it's like something that we, I wouldn't know, like it happened at school or something. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know to ask about it. So that's a really great tradition that we've started. And then the other thing that we do is every night before bed, we pray to God and we just say what we're thankful for. And sometimes Henley, like it will be really tired and not want to say a whole lot. And she'll say, I'm thankful for sleep. And sometimes, and like, she'll say that many nights in a row. And I'm okay with that because she's still saying I'm thankful for. And I really think that when you have this wired in your brain to like, think about what you're thankful for, I'm just praying that it helps combat depression and anxiety later on in life because I've really struggled with 
<laughs> what? It's really hard to podcast when you have kids in the house. Yeah. <laughs> but um, We try to include them, but I, I don't think they're at that stage yet where they can. Yeah, Henley really wanted to podcast for about two minutes. And then she was like, okay, I'm out now. She'd rather play the game. But um, You know what's so interesting, though, is that this, this room is a room that we, like, we always close this office space up. And it's a room that the kids, like, if you don't hear them, and you're calling for them, you can't find them. They're usually in here. Which is our office where we podcast. Yeah. Playing with the microphones oh. and the sound effects and everything else. They and always want to be on the podcast. And I kind of feel a little bad that Hendrix is sleeping during this time. Yeah, because well, it's one, of, I mean, it's just interesting because it's one of the things that we always say no to. And then they're drawn to this. Well, that's kids for you. And that's, yeah, that's, that's everybody. Any kid. Yeah. But I do feel kind of bad that Hendrix doesn't get his moment. Like we'll have to find a time where he can come be on the podcast. <laughs> Actually, was yeah. he on last week? Um, a little bit, right? Oh no! Well, he we heard him at the intro, of, yeah, of here and last week. So yeah, that's yeah, true. He's kind of part of it. I but know, but like I, he would be thrilled to be able to. I don't know, ask what Santa what he wants and things like that. We too. should have him next yeah. week. But yeah. um, I do want to talk a little bit more about Thanksgiving, and then uh, I also looked up um, because I, I genuinely think, and I fall into this being the oldest child. Um, Trying to avoid having your kid be spoiled. I know. So I looked up one of the top uh, ways to avoid raising a spoiled kid. You did? Yes. And so I want to read off them and see which ones that we do and which ones that we don't do. Okay. And, um, but first, I do want to give a five-star review shout out. Yeah. So uh, this this week's five-star review is super meaningful and heartfelt to me. So I just wanted to say to Sierra Sullivan, just thank you so much for leaving this five-star review. All the five-star reviews you know, mean an awful lot, but this one in particular is just like really touching and heartfelt. And so I just wanted to say thank you for opening up and sharing with me and for, of course, the five-star review. Yeah. And there were a bunch... Um, there was a bunch of new ones, which is amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for those of you who took time out of your busy, especially during the holidays, to just leave us a review wherever you're listening. That is seriously so kind. We're really yeah. thankful for that. So this one says, let go and let God. Jamie and Doug, I absolutely love y'all. I can't tell you how therapeutic listening to y'all talk is for me. Jamie, please don't feel bad about having a rough and prolonged postpartum time. It took me 10 years to get help from my postpartum depression. My youngest, two in January, truly saved me because... It was finally when I got pregnant with him, despite having an IUD, that I finally sought out help. It was the most debilitating time of my life. Between me feeling alone, my marriage falling apart, intensely drinking to numb the pain, and then a second unplanned pregnancy, I was spiraling. After having my first son at 20 years old, my depression caused me to push any and all friends I had away. The shame I felt from being a young, unmarried mom took over my life. So when you talk about not having a community, I completely understand. I still to this day search for friends and it's so hard when you have been stuck in a way of doing things and isolating myself. But hearing about how you consistently try and your journey with that, it honestly makes me want to continue to try. Thank you so much for being yourself, being raw and sharing your spiritual journey. Oh my goodness. That really is just so touching to me because first of all, I just like want you to know that even though you're, you know, 20 years old with your first baby and it's unplanned and you're not married, you, that child is so important and you are so important. And I just want you to know that like you're worthy and you're enough just exactly as you are right there in that moment. And I know it's so hard to believe those words when you're in the thick of it. I remember when I was younger too. And, um, you know, like even when I was your age, I, or at 20 years old, I should say, cause you're not still 20. But, um, when I was 20, I had custody of my siblings and I felt like kind of worthless. Like I felt like no one would want to date me. No one would want to be around me. No one would want to be my friend because I had all this baggage. But yeah, I also felt simultaneously so thankful to have my siblings that they, that they weren't in foster care, that we had each other. I mean, pardon me, but like in many ways, excuse me, in many ways, I feel like my siblings and I help raise each other in a sense. And so I'm sure for you with having your own child, I'm sure that of course you're raising your child, but that child has helped raise you in a sense. And so I feel like we can be so hard on ourselves at times and we can look at our circumstances and, and kind of just only see the hard, the difficult, the negative. But instead, if we can try to swip, switch our mind and, and change our thinking into the blessings that we've received and sure blessing it's not always easy, 
but it is such a blessing that you have that child. And I'm sorry that you pushed your friends away. And I'm sorry if some friends went away because I know that happens sometimes too. But if you find the people who love you and gravitate towards you, that will help with the depression and the anxiety. Yeah. And also it really, it comes down to just you knowing that you're worthy regardless of anything else. Like you being you are worthy enough. And same with your, yeah. chi- your child and now your children. Um, well, I relate to this story so much. Um, not... Uh, with having the kids and the IUD part and things like that, obviously. But I had such a strong community growing up, family, yeah. friends. Yeah. Like we, we, I have the, the, we had the tightest group of friends. Like I, I still have friends from when, from kindergarten, like we've all stayed together. It's very rare where all your best friends growing up are all, we're, well, we're in Florida now, but everybody's in New Jersey and we all Mm -hmm. stay in touch. We all still um, try to get together. But, you know, when I went through addiction, like that is completely isolating. Like I, I not only hid that from my family, but I hid it from my friends as much as I could. Um, I was living with my, my best friend, Tim, and I would hide it from him. Um, You know, where, you know, being, I was always, the person that would be the life of the party that would be the captain of a sports team. And, you know, I, I was never, I never had to look for help. I never had to go somewhere for guidance. It always seemed like I was the person people were coming to for guidance. And, you know, when you start to isolate yourself like that, you get so used to being with yourself. And it's almost like, like at one point being in my room, especially if I was going through withdrawals or anything, like just being in my room was kind of like that blanket that you would wrap yourself in. Um, you wouldn't want to leave your room. Uh, you wouldn't want anybody to see you. You wouldn't want to be around anybody. Um, you know, and you never give people a chance to see you love you, help you when you don't help. Like that's, that's the, the, the terrible part about isolating yourself is it with addiction or depression or anything, you know, when you become isolated, you live in your own head, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, I, I know you were, um, Sierra, you were talking about pushing your friends away and, and isolating yourself. Maybe they felt that, but I'm sure that they would have accepted you at that time too. Um, you know, but it's so difficult to make that, make that jump because you, you start to get in your head and you start to believe yourself that you're this type of person. No one's gonna, you know, you push people away so much that they're just not going to accept you back. Uh, there's no forgiveness. There's this, there's that. You start to make excuses in your head. And, you know, eventually when, when you come out and you get all that baggage out and you, you reveal yourself, you just be yourself to people that's when your community can start to be built. Because honestly, until I came to terms with my addiction and just being okay talking about it, like I'm noticing a community starting to be built around me. Like it's pretty profound. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. And I have to say the biggest thing is that what you tell yourself, I know I talk about this a lot, but it's so true. Like what you tell yourself is what you will believe. It's same thing with our children. What we tell our kids, if you tell your kid every single day that they're strong and they're brave and that they're courageous and that they don't give up, they can seek out the answer, they start to believe these things about themselves. And it's the same for us as adults. I feel like in a lot of ways, becoming a parent and trying to do my absolute best to raise my children has kind of like helped me raise my own inner child and be gentle with my own inner child. And not only me, but like my mom has come around around a lot now. Like she reached out for Thanksgiving and um, she had like, you know, a little episode, uh, but like, she's just really trying her absolute best and she's really doing great. And so not only am I learning to like raise my kids in a healthy way, or at least I'm trying to, yeah. um, but I'm learning to kind of like how to better take care of my own self, like in my own thought, in my own headspace, like in my own mind, but also my mom who, you know, has been forever searching, searching for like love, feel, like feeling valid, feeling worthy, feeling like she's enough. And of course she did, doesn't and didn't. And so she would go to like, you know, drugs to cope and to numb the pain and whatnot. And it's, it's, it's amazing how God I feel like has been able to take me having children to help 
me learn how to be a good mom, but also to help me learn how to love myself and to help my mom help me learn how to love my mom and help her learn how to love herself. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's almost like full circle. It's literally happening as, as we talk. Like, I mean, I like the other day, my mom spiraled and she struggles with bipolar and she was, um, and she's like, you know, not shy at all about this. Like she's, I think the reason that I'm so open and strong and brave is because my mom is very open, strong and brave. Like truly. I mean, she would share, anything with anyone if it she, if she knew it would help them and I really think that I get that from my mother and so anyway she was talking about how she hasn't been on medication for her bipolar in a really long time and she there's a lot of different reasons but lately she had you know she can sense when she's starting to go from the, the manic phase to the depression phase and she definitely hit the depression phase and was like basically saying that us kids don't need her around and, you know, and it was, my siblings were so amazing that they, they really just like, were like, what are you talking about? Like, we love you. And what's going on right now, mom? Like, cause well, my sisters were like kind of scared that she was going to commit suicide or something. Just that the way she texted, it was like kind of hard to tell, but the most amazing thing happened is that my mom reached out to me. And of course, you know, all of my mom and my sisters, they all, and my brother, they all live up in New York and I live in Florida. So I'm a little separated and I was a little bit further behind on this. And my mom reached out to me and said, I don't even remember exactly what she said, but I was able to like no longer be so emotionally like hurt and, and, and like, and I don't know, invested in it all, but kind of taking a a step back and trying to be like my mom's friend and be able to see that like, this is a woman that has been hurt her whole life. What can I say to her? That's going to help her realize that she's loved and that she's worthy, that she's not disrupting our lives and you know, all of these things. And so, well, it took you, it took you a while where, you know, the, the, (laughs) the feeling that I always got, especially in the beginning was anything your mom tried to do or say, um, you took it personal, like oh, you yeah. took it as a personal attack yeah. or just you, you, you held on to a grudge. Such resentment. Every yeah. time we went up there. It was very um, bitter. It was like this, this knot in, <laughs> inside yeah. of you that would unravel when she was around, yeah. um, you know, but that's sort of gone away, which is nice. It's unbelievable. And I really can only give credit to God because I don't know how it's happened, but where I've been able to kind of since having children myself, just kind of look at like what my mom went through as a child, you know, I wouldn't wish that upon any child. And then look at what she went through as a young adult, having so many children and having no support system. Now as a mom, only having two kids and having a great husband, you know, and and I don't have a, a strong support system, but even just having a partner. I mean, I don't have, we don't really have now, like we have nobody other than just us, but having just a partner who is loving, supportive and nurturing and there who can pick up the slack, that is everything. And my mom had none of that. As a matter of fact, her partner would beat her up. And so I'm like, and I mean, even the, the person, I mean, it was, it was eye opening going up there and cause you kind of get, you kind of get into, you know, what your mom was like, like before. Um, and you, we, I got a glimpse of that when we went, uh, for when your grandma had passed away Yeah, and just talking to the man that she called stepdad or dad. She still calls him dad. Yeah. Just the life and, and the, just the trauma that happened with that. Because he, he physically abused her and, he basically said to Doug and I that she asked for it. And when I say physically, I meant like sexually, sexually abused her and not physically. And when it's just a lot. And so there's, there's a lot to unravel with all of that, but all of this to say like right off from Sarah, like, you know, you and how you're feeling is valid, but don't let yourself lie to yourself. There's such a good saying and it's that our, our mind can lie to us. Our thoughts can lie to us. And sometimes we think that we're not good enough. We think that we're not worthy. We think that we've messed up or that we're so bad and that no one could love us. We think these things, And we have to be able to recognize the thought first to be able to stop it and to be like, no, 
that's not true, actually. Like, this is just me being insecure. It's me being anxious. It's me being depressed. And truly, like, if that's the, if that's what's going on in our heads over and over again, then we need to go see a doctor. And if your heart wasn't working right, you would take medication. If your brain's not working right, it's okay to take medication. I'm not saying that's the first thing you should do. And I definitely recommend talking to a doctor and not just listening to our podcast. But um, I would say, without a doubt, like, go to your doctor and talk to them about how you're feeling. It's talk to a therapist. I can't talk about therapy enough. I mean, it's yeah. so important. For the both of us, yeah. Yeah, and um, I see Rex Abu just woke up. <laughs> He's, He's like peeking his head he, over. Rexy, do you want to come say hi? Guess what? Santa's on this podcast. Hendrix, come here. Do you want to come tell Santa what you want for Christmas? Come here. What, baby? So Hendrix just woke up from a nap, as you can kind of tell. Yeah, this sweet boy just woke yeah. up, and this little one has strep throat. Yeah, how how did your throat feel? <laughs> this is your first time on Mommy yeah. and Daddy's podcast like Does this. your throat feel better, though? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you whispering? Hendrix, you could talk regular. Here, here. Yeah. Here. Watch what happens. Watch what happens when you talk. Watch what happens when you talk regular. Go ahead. Can you say, I? No. I. <laughs> we have a right. dog. Yeah, may, maybe we. Okay, All right, so wait so, a second. Hendrix, Santa is listening. So you have to yeah. tell him. Would what would you want to tell Santa if you knew he was listening? Uh, race cars. You r- race, race cars, cars? What you want? Can you say, dear Santa, I've been a good boy, and this is what I would like this year. And I want Mario Driver. Mario Driver, like a, a Mario, Mario Kart. A Mario Driver and a race car. Mario Driver and a race car. That's what I want. And and what else? Um, dinosaur egg. What if it hatches? Then we have a dinosaur living in our house. Yeah, I want something else. And we thought of something else that she wants to add. I want um a unicorn egg. A unicorn egg, okay. Wow, Hendrix, that's now, Hendrix, pretty cool, right? Hendrix, what are you thankful for? Um, race car and Mario car and and dinosaur egg. That's what you're thankful for? Uh I'm thankful for Hendrix. I'm thankful for you. His face is so dry. No, I've, I've been putting a lotion on it because his yeah. poor face is so dry. He's got like eczema cheeks, all over his face. Your cheeks look puffy. <laughs> but someone's feeling a lot better. I guess so. <laughs> the moxicillin kicked in and this kid is back back to new. <laughs> How's your throat feel? Does your mouth feel good? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. That is so sweet. Hendrix yeah. is literally the cutest little nugget and I'm so glad he's feeling better. So first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to one of my new favorite sponsors, Marine Layer. And Doug I has not stopped wearing his new shirts and pants this past week. I got a full outfit on right now. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. His new Marine Layer shirts are some of the softest clothes in his closet. Like yeah. I have some Marine Layer shirts. I'm literally wearing one actually myself. Yeah, I, They're so, so I, comfortable. And so I got Saturday pants, which are kind of like a comfy sort of stretchy khaki pants but i wear them all the time now i got a couple graphic tees but my absolute favorite which i am going to wear every day is the sport waffle hoodie and he they has have, been wearing it every day they have a ton of vintage and bright color ski inspired type options and let's not forget the super hot top that jamie has on right now Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, I'm obsessed with the full length Bridget pants that I got and we don't have a winter down here in Florida, but you have to check out their puffer jackets and vests. There you have beanies and socks and you can literally get all of your clothes shopping for the holidays all done at Marine Layer. And they have free shipping and returns for an entire year, 
no questions asked. So you don't have to worry about getting something for someone and getting the wrong size, color, or anything like that. Because they can literally, if they get a present from you from Marine Layer, they can literally send it back and exchange it for a different size, a different color. And uh, and if you drill down on some of the closing op- the clothing options for you, they'll actually give you the size and, and weight of the model wearing it and different sizes and lengths. So it's really, really super easy to shop. It's a great Christmas gift idea, but you have to make sure that you order by December 18th to get it before Christmas. And I think we can all admit that great gifts can certainly be hard to find, especially when it comes to clothes. But look no further than Marine Layer. For a limited time, you'll get 15% off at marinelayer.com slash HMCP15. That's M-A-R-I-N-E-L-A-Y-E-R dot com slash hmcp15 for 15% off your entire order saving your closet one shirt at a time honestly it's a really really great company with great customer service and the clothes are comfortable and soft totally worth buying but let's get back to it all right all right we just got our kids settled down but we really wanted to talk about the unspoiling of yes or not have like not spoiling your kids because doug researched that and like we are all just trying to you know, like parenting doesn't come with a manual. It doesn't come with any sort of instructions. And so we're constantly- But there are some good tips out there. Yeah, we're constantly trying to research the best tips. And like, and of course, I think that everything you should take for your family and yeah. don't take everything. I used to be the kind of person that like, if a published author wrote something, then it's gotta be true. It's gotta be right. I would never question yeah. it. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like what works for Joe may not work for Bob and that's okay, you that's know? What, that's what you notice when you first become parents. Like when- like before your parents, you get all this advice and then everybody tells you what they did with their kid. And then when you have a kid, it's totally different from a lot of the people's yeah. advice. And what, what worked getting. for Sally doesn't work for Susan. No. And for us, like what worked when we were raising Henley does not work as when, as we raise Hendrix just a couple years yeah. later. And so everything comes, I think, with a grain of salt. And I think it's yeah. so important to know that. But, but what did you mean, find out about unspoiling kids? Yeah, so it, it's been a long weekend for uh, for the kids because they've been out of school for Thanksgiving. And we were talking about how Henley seems to like just say no to things. And when we ask her to do something, if it doesn't go her way, she lashes out, she cries, she whines or storms off or stomps her like foot. Like a typical six-year-old, you know, I yeah. would say. But, you know, but we don't want that to continue, of course. And exactly. If we don't do something about it now, then I feel I'm, we're scared that we don't want this to you know, just continue on. Like right. it's not okay for her to- We want to nip it in the butt. Yeah. And, and so I wanted to because- I don't have a lot of experience with that because I was probably a very spoiled kid being the <laughs> oldest child in my family. Um, but there are some pretty good tips. Uh, so there's, there's only eight. My mom made sure that we were all grateful. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. We may not have had the most uh, cookie cutter lifestyle, but my mom did not spoil us. Well, there was yeah. no money to spoil us, but she would also just enforce our gratitude. Yeah. I tell you what though, my, my parents were always great about teaching good manners and, and, being respectful and saying thank yeah. you to other people. So, but this is to either prevent spoiling a kid or to help unspoil your kid. So, first and foremost, praise good behavior. So, as parents, we tend to focus on the bad behavior. I mean, yeah. th- that's the behavior that we notice the most is when things go wrong. Or at least that's what we respond to a lot because you're like, no, don't do that. Whereas yes. if they're sitting down listening and being good, you're like, okay, good. This is good. I can go yes. do something else. But when they're not, then you're like, excuse me, what are you doing? <laughs> so they are saying that positive behavior brings positive results. So yeah. if you notice your kid doing something that's positive or you want to encourage that behavior rather than focusing on the negative because then whatever you're focusing on is what's going to be encouraged. Yes. So when you see your child being well-behaved, encourage that, encourage him or her by showering her with attention, praise, play, and respect. And one example this morning, we went for a walk and I was with Henley and Hendricks and Henley said she was cold. Hendricks's first reaction was, do you want my sweater? And he put his arm around her without even thinking about it. Like it didn't take him a second. He offered his shirt and then he he went to go cover her legs up because she said her legs were cold. Like it was, and so I wanted to make sure that 
I, I really gave him a lot of praise but for that. But in that same exact moment, Henley was like, no. And she just like moved on. Yeah. And what, and I think that like one thing we're trying to nurture as parents is like to, for her to recognize like that is so kind of her brother to be literally willing to give the shirt off his back at three years mm-hmm. old. I'm like, where does this boy come from? <laughs> He's the sweetest. <laughs> I know. But like instead of her just being like, no, I'm fine, you know, and keep on going on. Like, wait a minute, Henley, like your little brother was willing to give you, you know, his shirt and he wanted to make sure you were warm. Like, wow, that's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one on the list is connect with respect. So one of the best ways to avoid problems is to be empathetic with your child's needs so that he or she knows you care. So this is connecting with your child, repeating their needs back to them. And then kind of once your child calms down, offering them options, would you like to, would you like a hug or would you like a snack or would you like to do something else? So it's kind of getting on the same page as your kid. Yeah. I feel like that's one thing that we didn't learn growing up. Like, I don't think that that was in any of our parents. I don't know about for you listening, but for Doug and I, like our parents weren't like, Oh, let's show our children respect. It was like, they better respect me. (laughs) I'm the adult. That was just a generation, you know? I mean, how hard is it to be, you know, like when we say to Henley, like pick that up and she'll say, no, you, pick it up and then how I mean how hard is it to not flip out well she doesn't say she she does not say I'm just giving a, a, an example yeah if she said that to us we would be like excuse me yeah but it's like you know I guess like what I mean by that is so like if Henley was to say I don't want to do that please don't make me do that like maybe it's I don't know um or if we say no to ice cream and she flips out and goes I'm not sitting with the family anymore I'm not talking to you anymore well she does do that sometimes like recently she's it's really interesting how a six-year-old could act like a teenager so quickly (laughs) but what we're trying to do like what the other day she really did that and so then what I did was like I mean we were just like kind of arguing back and forth like come sit at the table you need to be with us for dinner like let's have a family dinner and then it really just wasn't working like she wasn't feeling her she wasn't feeling heard she wasn't feeling respected and so eventually what I did was I literally picked her up I brought her to her bedroom so we were kind of out of that environment and I said Henley I think you need a hug and she was like kind of looked at me like no I don't you know and just like sat in her bed but then I said can you tell me how you're feeling right now just because I don't I don't know what I'm doing but I'm like what what we were doing at the dinner table wasn't working it really wasn't helping her no. calm down it wasn't encouraging her to be with us as a family and so I was like let me just take her out and let her know that I'm trying to be there for her I'm trying to listen I'm trying to understand yeah. And I'm like, how do parents with teenagers do this? Because I, this is a six-year-old. Like, I can't imagine it with a teenager. But, you know, we're trying to learn these things now so that we know what we're doing later. And so if you have any good tips on that, feel free to, to leave a little dm or a comment and let us know because, you know, we're just trying the best we can. But I, I yeah. realized that the whole connect with respect thing, uh, that really does work. So like when I took her to her bedroom and I said, I think you need a hug. And she was kind of like not interested in giving me a hug because she was, you know, angry about whatever. And then when she, I finally got her to start talking about it, she leaned into me and gave me a hug and it was just felt so good. So yeah. anyways. Well, one of the things that stood out to me and, and before we move on is by correcting your child with a positive statement, she, he or she will feel more respected. So not, not often where you think of respect as being one of the things that your child would feel, but you know, they could obviously feel that, uh, setting set guidelines for your child. So do you feel like we have good guidelines? I, don't think, I think we are really struggling here. I well, don't think here, we have. Here's what it says. Okay. So as parents, we want to think of little kids as many adults. Yeah. When they're actually more similar to cavemen. So let's see what it says. Okay, so it literally says it's a common misconception that kids are like little adults when in fact they're actually more similar to cavemen. They exhibit lots of primitive behaviors like grunting, biting, or peeing anywhere that they want. That's true. Makes, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. However, part of your job as a parent is to teach your child social values like respect and kindness so he can become a civilized member of society. Teach him to say please when he wants a snack and remind him not to call people hurtful names when they're than when they upset him. I think to go further than that though is like the guidelines thing like having standards and boundaries and expectations I like crave that as an adult and children absolutely crave that and you know I'm not a I'm not you know a child psychologist or anything but from like the books and the different things that I've read and whatnot it's like kids feel safer when they know what to expect next and so when they when you have guidelines and boundaries that's just so beneficial for your children however all that said 
we don't do the best job at that. I can just say that right now. Like we try to stick to a schedule. This is exactly why we're not traveling for Christmas or Thanksgiving because our guidelines and boundaries, well, like they're out the window, like the whole time we're trying. So basically all of November and December was basically just rushing around. One state to the next. Yeah. Like packing for the trip, planning for the trip. How are we going to see everybody? I mean, it was just a whole lot. So, you know, that's one thing that we're trying to work on. Yeah. Well, the next one is pick rules that you can enforce. So when it comes to parenting, you win some, you lose some, not only will it save you time and energy if you know what battles you can and can't win, you'll also teach your child that he or she can't disobey you. But the thing about this that I think is really, really important, and one thing we learned when we were starting to listen listen to the Taking Care of Babies course, was that you can't, you have to, like your word is gold. It's as good as gold. You really can't say, well then, if you do that, then I'm taking away the tablet and then they do it and you don't take away the tablet. Well, then they're just going to continue to do it again and again because you're you're like threatening something, but you're not following through their actions. And then they feel like they can't, um, almost like they can't trust what you're saying is going to be true no matter what, because they're kids, they don't know the difference. So if you're constantly saying, if you do that, then I'm going to do this. And then you don't do whatever you said you're going to do after they did that behavior, well, then you may as well just like look like a miming monkey because to them, you know, for, miming monkey. yeah, because like, then they're like, well, she's not going to do what she said she's going to do anyway. So I'll just do whatever the heck I want. Yeah. Well, the, um, and that's another thing that we have to work on because we'll say, you know, one thing. And I'll say, if you do that again, Henley, then we're going to leave. And then she does it again. And I'm like, Henley Grace, don't you do it again or we're going to leave. And I should have just left the first time because I said, if you do that again, we're going to leave. And one of the, one of the examples that, that they give is, you know, you can like candy is, is a reward and you can, you can enforce a rule where if you don't do this, then you don't get candy, you know, or even just the Paw Patrol box. I think what the battles that they're talking about where you're not winning is when you say something like eat broccoli. Yeah. You know, your child has the opportunity to close their mouth, spit it out, not chew it, just be grossed out by it. Like that's a battle that you're most likely going to lose. So to try to fight your kid to eat broccoli when they detest it and they just won't taste it, that's a losing battle. So instead of having that as a loss, find a compromise. What's the compromise? Because this is literally us at dinner with Henley. It's, it's some, Hendrix loves broccoli. Yeah, it's something that you you get your kid to agree with. So it's just finding- Instead of having broccoli, a, you can have a banana? Yeah, finding a common ground where they feel like they won yeah. the argument almost. Well, that's another thing that they always say is like give them choices. So mm. both the choices you're okay with, but they get to choose which one they want. So for example, do you want broccoli or do you want spinach tonight with dinner? Either one we're happy with, but they feel in control because they get to choose yes. I'm having spinach instead of broccoli. So I chose this yeah. and that feels good to us as adults, but also to little kids. And so the next one is also near and dear to us because it says reward your child for the right reasons. So a great time to reward your child with a present is when he or she has been cooperative and respectful and you explain to them that you're giving them the present because of their behavior. Which we do that with our Paw Patrol box. It's called the Paw Patrol box because it's literally Paw Patrol, but it's like a treasure chest essentially. And every time they sleep in their bed all night long, then they get a prize and they know that if they don't, then they don't get a prize. Like this morning, like Hendrix slept in our bed last night and he's sick. And so I kind of feel bad because I'm like, oh, well, he should be in our bed. He doesn't feel good. He wants to be with his parents, but he still didn't get the Paw Patrol because he knows that he has to sleep in his bed all night long. And the minute he said, do I get the Paw Patrol? And I said, no, you were in our bed. He looked at me with like that smile and he was like, oh, she knows. And so like, then they start to really believe what you're saying too. Because if, if I said, oh, you, oh, well you were sick, so it's okay. But they, then he's like, well, then maybe I can find a different way to get the Paw Patrol box with like changing, changing the rules, you know? And so, yeah, well, and So this one also applies to the holiday season. So buying a gift for your child out of guilt diminishes the joy and excitement of the gift because he or she knows you didn't really mean it. So just keep that in mind when you're rewarding with gifts. Yeah. The next one, which I need to work on a lot, is teach your child to be patient. So children tend to be impulsive as well as some husbands. (laughs) Um But by teaching your child the practice of patience stretching, he or she will begin to expect to wait when he or she wants something. 
Here's how to do it. When your child asks for something, you can teach her patience by making her wait for it. First, almost give her what she wants, but right before you do, hold up your fingers and say, wait, 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 just one second, while you turn around and pretend to look for something. Then after a few seconds, turn back and immediately give her what she wants while praising her for good waiting. This technique rewards your child's patience and builds her trust in you because you followed through. It's like teaching your dog not to bite the treat until you tell them to. <laughs> it's exactly the same it's like thing. Dog training, kid training, dog training, it's all the kid, same. Yes. Husband training, it's all the same. <laughs> and last but not least, be a role model for your child. This is you, a hard one because yeah. children really do follow what you do and they also follow what you say. But nine times out of 10, if you say, um, like for example, earlier today, I said, I hate something. And I told Henley, we don't use the word hate. And literally right here in this podcast, if you were go back and you listen closely, I said, oh, I hate how they pair women against each other. And she goes, mommy, we don't say hate. And it's like, <laughs> I'm supposed to be a good role model for my daughter. Like I tell her not to use that word because it's a strong, hateful word. Like there's no need to use hate. We can say I dislike. Yeah, and if, she if literally want- caught me like, how is she going to listen to me if I don't listen to myself? If I'm not doing exactly <laughs> what I want her to be able to do. Well, it says the proverb is right. They do what you do, not what you say. And that is so true. And so if you're whining and complaining in front of your child, your child will no doubt copy you. Do you think I want to complain a lot? No, that's what the text says. So. <laughs> I feel like of I'm course being called not. out. Of course not. You are perfect. <laughs> well, if you are a parent who's like listening to this, like, oh my goodness. Well, I am mm-hmm. sitting there with your girlfriend. Yes, so. and any other tips, tricks, or any oh, other yeah. methods. We're wide uh, open ears you know, over parenting here. Parenting wins, parenting fails. We want to hear about it. So let yeah. us know. I'm so glad that Hendrix is feeling better. And it just feels so good that we are together this year as a family and we're not rushing from place to place to place. Yeah, this was our first Thanksgiving all by ourselves, no traveling, nobody over, no family. This is going to be our very first Christmas in our new house. Uh, and again, we're not traveling anywhere. We're not having family or anything. And that's so really hard to do because I know that it was tough to it's say really that. It's disappointing when you tell your whole family that you usually go. I mean, we literally will fly up to go see Doug's family. We'll be there for a night and then we'll drive up to my family in New York, which is like four to five hours away. Mm-hmm. We'll be there for a couple nights. I'm going to drive back four or five hours to back to New Jersey, spend a couple more. I mean, we are just literally traveling 24 seven. Then by the time yeah. we get back, Henley starts school, our work lives start and there's just no rest. It is exhausting. Anyway. So it's been really nice this yeah. year. We just decided I've been really working on boundaries and what's good for us as a family as a whole and it's been amazing yeah. like our thanksgiving it was so relaxing and, and calm and quiet i mean we tried to make doug did a great job making the turkey i did a terrible job yeah. making pumpkin pie spilled it all over the kitchen floor yeah. but it was like those are the things that like we'll remember for the rest of our lives Cute. same with podcasting with children today it's been it's been an interesting it's one but one i hope that you days. like it it's just yeah. a real podcast this is our real life we've never pretended to be anything other than what we are Fun thank you so much minutes. and we will see you next week bye bye love you say bye I love you. <laughs> hendrix was trying to sing wait hendrix can you say bye i love you <laughs> can you say bye i love you I love you.